So everyone say, bye, Caroline. That was great. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, oh, my goodness, you look so good tonight. Okay, okay. Now, now everyone turn to me and just kidding. Everyone turn to your other neighbor and say, you look even better. Hey, hey, my name, like I said, my name is Matt Velasco, and I have the distinct privilege as serving as your high school ministry director here at Western Community Church Chanhassen. And let me tell you, I am so excited for this school year. But I want to show you one more thing that I am almost equally as excited for. It looks like this. That's Khalil Mack sacking Aaron Rodgers. Hold on, I'm going to show you another picture. Let me show you another picture. That one's even better. Now... Now I'll show you one more because this one's even better too. Check that one out. Look at that. Oh, amazing. Okay, no, okay. This, seriously, you'll like this one. You'll like this one. What's the next one? Oh, no, sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, there it is. Oh. Oh, future Super Bowl champions, the Chicago Bears. Um, not, no, not Go Packers. Not go Packers. Okay, you can take that off. Hey, we, uh, this, this little thing that you're at right now, we call it launch. And the reason why we call it launch is because this is the night that launches us into the rest of the school year. So it's wild to think about, but we are going to meet nearly every single Wednesday night from here to the end of your school year into next summer. And so I know you might be really excited for next summer, but I want to challenge you to be equally as excited for what God wants to do in your life. Uh, this year here at high school ministry. So one little thing, just housekeeping item for you, two things really. If you got anything from the cafe tonight, please be respectful and throw it away at the end of the night. Don't leave it on the ground so that our leaders have to pick it up. Uh, and, and that just makes my job easier because then I end up having to clean it up. And that's not fun because your spits on it and stuff. And that's gross. So pick up garbage if you got it. But uh, at the end of the night, we are not having small groups. Small groups start next week. Instead, we have a ton of pizza for you in the main worship center. We call it the Prairie Side uh, Worship Center now. So you can go down there. There's some inflatables, some bouncy houses. So we're going to have a ton of fun together to celebrate the kickoff of the new year. Hey, listen up. Shh. But for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be in a series called Party with a Purpose. Repeat that after me. Party with a Purpose. And the reason why we're talking about Party with a Purpose is because my goal tonight is to convince you, if you are not already convinced, that high school ministry every single Wednesday night is indeed a party, but it is not just a party it's a party with a purpose. Now let me tell you, that was the hardest I think I have ever moshed in my whole entire life. I, and like, I'm like, I can smell how bad it smells in here, up here. It might be me, but it smells bad. And that's a good thing because it means that everyone's super sweaty because we're moshing so hard. Uh, but we're a party with a purpose because what happens here is more than just getting rowdy together. What happens here is Jesus Christ, who we believe is actually God, who came to die for our sins, meets us where we are, and then actually changes our life. And that's the purpose behind this party. 
And so uh, if you have your Bibles or you have your phones, or if you don't, we have it on the screens for you. I'm going to have you open up the Word of God to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 27. I'm going to read the first two verses, uh, 27, 28. Talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to finish it off. You guys ready? Oh, oh yikes. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Thank you. Thank you. It says this. I'm tired too. Don't worry. It's late. Okay, normally we're like almost done by now, people. It's late. Smokers. Okay. Verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. I'm going to pray for us before we go into the rest of the night. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we are expectant for everything that you have for us tonight. God, we just ask that you would speak. We ask that you would move. We ask, Lord, that the student in this room that doesn't know you, that they would meet you. For the student in this room that has walked away from you, that they would turn back towards you and recognize that you have been right behind them the whole entire time. God, we love you. We thank you for this community. And we ask that you would bless this year. Uh, as we go into another great one. Lord, we love you. We praise things in your name. And everyone said, amen. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Jesus said to him, follow me. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Now you might be wondering, Matt, why is this significant? Well, I want to set up a little bit of the context behind this for you. Now, if you've been coming to high school ministry for any amount of time, then this concept isn't new to you. But fun fact, tax collectors, Levi was one, were probably the most hated people in all of Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is in Israel in the Middle East, and this happened about 2,000 years ago. And what tax collectors would do is they would set up their tax booth, and then all, everyone would line up so they'd have a tax day. And they'd line up at each tax booth. We don't know how many there were. There could have been hundreds throughout the city. But they'd go to a tax booth. They'd line up, and one by one, they'd pay their tax to Caesar, who was the emperor at the time. And what the tax collectors would actually do, and what is the reason why they were hated, is that they would say to you, Lucas, your tax is $200. But what the tax actually was, was $100. They'd pocket the other 100 And so they would be stealing money from every single person who they taxed, and the person wouldn't even know how much money they were taking. All they knew was that they were going to have some amount of money stolen from them. And so Levi was hated. Tax collectors were hated. And what we know about this story is that more likely than not, Jesus was in line to pay his tax. See, we know that Jesus paid his tax because later in the gospel account, Jesus says, give unto Caesar what Caesar is due. He's commanding people, hey, you should actually pay your taxes, essentially. And so we know that Jesus believed in paying taxes. So this seems to paint the picture that Jesus may have actually been in line to pay his tax. And now what I love about scripture, but one of the hard parts about scripture is that there's a lot said in between the lines that we don't know what it is. And so one of the beauties, but also one of the challenges of reading the Bible is that we have to uh, essentially study the context of what it is so that we understand what is being said and what is actually happening. And so when I read this, this is the picture that I see. 
I see Jesus going into the city to pay his tax. He chooses a booth, and it just so happens that Levi is the one operating that booth, and he gets in line, and he's waiting in line. He, just like everyone else, is fully aware that he's going to have some of his money stolen from him. And as he's waiting in line, people around him start whispering, I hate this Levi. He always takes so much more. We know it because we see, it put, we see him put it in his pockets or we know it because we see where he lives or we know it because we see what kind of donkey he rides or whatever it might be in that context, like the, the equivalent of a Rolex. We see the Rolex. And so they're saying like, we know he is stealing money. And then in that moment, I like to think, again, this isn't historical fact, but we have the opportunity to look in stories in scripture and, and, and glean more from it from what we know about history. And I like to think that Jesus, in that moment when he hears people talking about Levi, he inside himself says, you know what? I'm going to show them. And I'm going to show Levi. I'm going to call him to be a part of my team. So at this point in the gospel account, Jesus is going to people and he's saying to them, hey, follow me, and they're joining his team. It's called the disciples. There are 12 of them. Levi would later be renamed Matthew. Or actually, Levi actually means Matthew, but that's a whole different conversation. But Levi would later be called Matthew, and he would actually write the gospel of Matthew. And he would be one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And so as Jesus is waiting in line, he decides that he is going to call this Levi guy who is a thief and who is hated to be a part of his team. On the flip side, there's the perspective of Levi. Levi's sitting at his tax booth. He's sitting there stealing people's money. And he's hearing people whisper and he's taking a little extra from the ones who he knows are saying the worst things about him. And then we know that Jesus at this time had, had a really, really big reputation. That's what happens when you like heal people and bring people back to life and, and perform miracles and multiply fish and all the, the, the amazingly crazy things that Jesus was doing because he's God. But he had a reputation. And so I like to think that Levi's sitting behind his booth and he's looking into the crowd and he goes, oh my goodness, that's that Jesus guy. Oh, I, I hope he doesn't come to me. I can't steal from him. Can I steal from him? Is he actually God? Is he actually the Messiah? Now, the Messiah at that time was a theological term. Theolo the the theological, wow, stutter. Theological just means the study of God. So it's a term that refers to something in the study of God. And, and there's a Jewish theological term. It was Messiah. It meant the coming son of God. One who was going to come and save all of Israel and all of the world from their sins if they believe in him. And people were starting to whisper, could Jesus be the Messiah? And Levi, as he's sitting behind his booth, is taking people's taxes. And he looks and he sees Jesus and he starts asking himself, is that him? What do I do? What's he going to say to me? What's he going to say to me? What's going to happen? And then Jesus walks up to him in what I believe to be one of the coolest and potentially scariest things that a human being could ever go through as the son of God literally walks up to Levi and says, follow me. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the most terrifying experiences a human being can go through is when you know you have done something wrong. 
and you find out that your father has found out that you, do, that you did something wrong. And you see him walking across the house. He's not saying anything. He's not smiling. He's not frowning. He's just walking. And he's making eye contact with you the whole entire time. And he goes up to you and he says, follow me. Turns around. And you're following him. Right? You, you know you're following him. Because you know you did something wrong. And so often we read this and we think that Jesus went up and was like, oh, Levi, come with me. Be a part of my team. I don't think that's at all what happened. I think Jesus, with the straightest face, walks up to Levi, follow me, turns around, walks away. Levi's only option at that time, again, because Jesus is God, is to leave everything and follow him. Now, if we go to the next scripture, it jumps to this. It says, then Levi held a great banquet. And I read that, and I'm like, whoa, okay, hold up. Go back, go back, go back, go back. What happened in between? Because Jesus takes Levi on a walk, and then by the end of that day, Levi's having a party for Jesus? That doesn't make any sense to me. And as I'm reading this, I think of something that happened in my household when I was growing up. So I have a couple of brothers, I have a sister, and there was, there was a time when one of my brothers was not behaving well. That's just how I'll say it. He was not behaving well. And uh, my dad was getting pretty fed up. And so we're at the dinner table, and my dad looks at him, looks him in the eye, follow me. And they left the house for like an hour and a half. My dramatic memory says they left the house for about three months and they were not seen. (laughs) They left the house for like an hour. And then they come back. And my brother's attitude was completely different. My dad was laughing. All of the tension was gone. Something happened in the walk that I did not see. And I think the exact same thing happened between Jesus and Levi. Because if we go back, all Jesus says is, follow me. And then we go forward. And it says, then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus. So something happened in the period. Something happened on that walk where Jesus changed Levi's life. And Levi's only response was to go home and throw a party. It says this, Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors, a large crowd of the most hated people in the whole entire kingdom, and others, who knows who they were, were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered him, or them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So if we go back two more slides, everyone give a round of applause to Andrew for being amazing back on the slides. Thank you. I said round of applause. Uh, We can actually go one more forward. I'm wrong. Um, Levi held a great party. Now what's the purpose of this? See, I think that Levi's goal with this party was yes to celebrate Jesus but I think by the end of that walk Levi understood that he needed every single one of his friends to meet this Jesus guy and so Levi cleared his schedule and he threw a party for Jesus just so that his friends could meet him 
The party that Levi threw was an outreach party with the purpose of people understanding the love of Jesus for them. Now, we don't, under, we don't know what the result was. We don't know if they gave their lives over to him. I don't think that's the point of the story. I think the point of the story is that Jesus, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, through writing the Bible, through telling this story, through us being able to read it, is saying to us, we have to have a party that has a purpose because when you have a party that has a purpose, you have a party that you can invite your friends to, and when you invite your friends to that party, they get to meet Jesus. And so the purpose of this message going into this year is to tell you, friends, high school students, ninth through 12th grade, leaders, coaches, whatever role you are in this room, this is a place that is indeed a great party. But we have it not for the jumping, not for the pizza, not for the pictures of Khalil Mack being amazing, not for any of that, but for the pure purpose of providing a space for you to invite friends so that those friends can meet Jesus. You see, I love all of you. I really do. I want you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. I want you to become better people. I want you to be healthier people. I want you to, to, to experience healing from your mental health, to experience healing from whatever you need it from. I want you to genuinely know that this place is home and that this place is safe and that this place is transparent and that this place is a place where you can come and breathe a breath of fresh air and say, thank goodness I am home. But I want this to be a place that you want your friends to be able to say the exact same stuff about who don't know Jesus. You see, this is a place where we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus meets people because I have a feeling that the majority of you are here because Jesus met you here. And so we know, you know that Jesus is indeed here and if he is here, why aren't you inviting your friends to meet him? If he is here, what is stopping you from saying to the friend who is experiencing brokenness, to saying to the friend who is experiencing heartbreak, experiencing addiction, experiencing darkness, maybe your friend just doesn't know Jesus and they think they have it all together, but you know that they are missing something. This is a place for them to come and experience the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, I want us to be like Levi this year. I want us to be a people that every single one of us, we go on our walk with Jesus. He comes to us and he says, hey, follow me. And we follow him and something happens on that walk. And then what's our response? Our response is to throw a party. Our response is to say, man, Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. I, I need my friends to meet you. And, and what I love about this place is, is that we as a community are not scared to talk about the hard stuff. We're not scared to, to talk about the things that might, 
confuse us. We're not scared to talk about the things that might be hard to hear. We're not scared to talk about the things that the Bible says. And let me tell you, we have an incredible lineup of people that are going to be teaching this year. We have an incredible lineup of messages, of topics, of series. And I promise you, it's going to be so worth it for you and your own individual discipleship. But I can also promise you that it is so worth every single one of your friends coming and being here. Because if we just get like a hundred more, we're not going to be able to fit in here. And that's a great problem to have. You want to know what I don't care about? How many people I could put on Instagram that came to high school ministry. I, I don't care about going to other people and being like, yo, I, I had 7,000 students last night. What about you, boy? What about you, girl? I'm not going to do that. People do that. People do it. I don't care about that. You want to know what I care about? I care about being able to go, to go to my friends and saying, hey, Austin invited someone and they met Jesus for the first time last night and they're coming back next week. I care about being able to go to someone and say, hey, I know for a fact because I talked to them that someone had their life changed by the gospel last night. And this is the place where that happens. And so I don't know about you, but I can promise you that this year is going to be good. I can promise you that we're going to pour everything we have into making this year the best year of high school ministry that has ever existed. Just like last year we said we said we were going to make last year the best year the high school ministry has ever existed. And I'm going to tell you, I think it was because of you. Because of what you did, because of how you showed up, because of how you served, because of how you loved, because of how you invited, because of how you changed your schools. The amount of teachers, the amount of coaches, the amount of principals, the amount of parents that I have talked to that have said that your students are making a difference is astronomical. And so my challenge is twofold. First, keep it up. Second, let's be like Levi. Let's go on our walks. Let's meet Jesus. Let's deal with our stuff. Let's love him. Let's be loved by him. But let's also, together as a community, say, we're going to throw a party. And so in seven days, let's come back. Let's jump around. Let's have fun. Let's continue this series, talk more about what it means to be a Christian. The series Party with a Purpose is really, it's going to be about joy. It's going to be about how there's a difference between momentary happiness and eternal joy. There's one thing to go and do something you shouldn't be doing and, and in the moment be like, I'm having a ton of fun right now and I'm really happy. And there's another thing which is better, which is what God wants for us, where we get to say, I I'm, I'm both happy and I have joy. I'm filled. There's something different. I can feel it because, friends, God wants to do that with you, for you, to you. It's going to be a good year. Amen? You guys excited for high school ministry to start again? Amazing. Hey, next week uh, we're going to kick off small groups. So your small group leader should be here. Go hang out with them. Uh, we, got, we got the building for about another 30 minutes. So let's have a whole lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of ground rules. A couple of things, friends. The first one. Um, on your way out, you're going to receive a bag. Inside that bag has a sticker. You want to know how you know that I am a sacrificial human being? You guys want to know how I'm sacrificial? Can I brag about myself? The, the stickers are Vikings colors. I know. I know. 
But inside the bag, it's like, I thought that would get more of a reception. That's fine. Um, Inside the bags, there's a sticker. uh, There's a little treat for you, and there's a calendar. uh, And you can keep the bag as well. So make sure everyone grabs one. Listen up. Listen up. This is important. Everyone grab a bag. Hey, when you are in uh, the prairie side room, uh, if you go in the bouncy house or through the obstacle course, take your shoes off. Listen to whoever is running the inflatable. Uh, but most importantly, have a lot of fun. Let me pray for you before we go. Lord, we ask that uh, this year would be the best year of high school ministry that we have ever had. God, we ask that every single student in this room would experience your life-changing presence, that they would meet you, Lord, and that you would use them so that their friends can meet you. God, we, we, we don't do this because... We want to look good. We don't do this because it makes us sound cool. We don't do this because we get to brag about it. But we do it because we actually believe that your gospel changes lives. And Lord, I would give this up. I I would if it meant that more people would know you. And I just pray that that would be our heart. That we would do anything. That we would give up anything. That we would stop at nothing. For more people to know you and your love and your gospel in your mercy. God, be with us. Give these students patience as uh, we go into the school year. Lord, would all of their football teams win their games on Fridays? Amen. Uh, And Lord, we just ask that um, we would know your love. We praise things in your name. Amen.